14 years ago, I had an event that happened to me in the corporate world. I was readying myself for a promotion to become the VP of marketing um, at one of the biggest technology companies in the world. It's a Fortune 15 company. And I got passed up for that promotion. And I realized in that moment that I had no control over my future. But I'm really glad that that promotion passed me by because it made me get clear on what I wanted for myself, for my family, and then ultimately how I really wanted to help people with what I knew. And so that's how I transformed my corporate experience and knowledge into a business that actually helps entrepreneurs build their businesses doing the same and being able to amplify it through the power of, of building a brand versus not just building a business. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. I'm Sean Dill. This is Lacey Book, and we are super excited for our special guest today. You know, as always here on the podcast, we're working to help service-based entrepreneurs and providers to literally fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur or business person. You know, the only way that we're going to allow you or help you to reach more people and make a greater impact is if you truly do embrace the concepts of business. And I know so many people, I don't want to deal with business, but if you want to help people and make a big impact, you have to you have to do that. And Hey, one of the things that's super important, people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about is your brand. You have your personal brand, you have your business brand. So many people are just like, Oh, you mean my logo, right? Right. <laughs> no, no, you mean your brand. And we want to talk about, you know, branding, how to brand the impact that it will have on the community that you serve. And we also want to talk about considerations during the pandemic. Right. You know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of missteps, and we've been covering a lot of content over these past few weeks about potential pitfalls and missteps that you might take that could be extremely detrimental to your brand because you just weren't paying attention or you didn't have the knowledge. So in order to cover this, rather than you and I just make stuff up, <laughs> let's get an expert on the scene. Let's bring on the amazing Jennifer Kim. What hey, is up? Sean and Lacey, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So you are a branding expert from experience too. So not just um, from a from from academics. You um, are extremely successful both in the corporate world and then in your own business. Tell tell us a little bit about your journey. Why should people be listening to you when it comes to all things branding? Yeah. So. I always tell people, thank you for acknowledging the fact that I am not a spring chicken. I'm a seasoned chicken, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, been around the bend a while. I did spend the majority of my early business life, grown-up life, if you will, in the corporate world. And I didn't think I was going to be in marketing, branding, and strategy, actually. But that's what I fell into and made it a career and ascended quickly, uh, especially in high-tech uh, in the high tech world. And then 
14 years ago, I had an event that happened to me in the corporate world. I was readying myself for a promotion to become the VP of marketing um, at one of the biggest technology companies in the world. It's a Fortune 15 company. And I got passed up for that promotion. And I realized in that moment that I had no control over my future. And I always tell people being the the seasoned chicken that I am, that I didn't actually have this idea of being an entrepreneur growing up. Um, I didn't think I was going to run my own company nor build it to what we have. But I'm really glad that that promotion passed me by because it made me get clear on what I wanted for myself, for my family, and then ultimately how I really wanted to help people with what I knew. And so that's how I transformed my corporate experience and knowledge into a business that actually helps entrepreneurs build their businesses doing the same and being able to amplify it through the power of, of building a brand versus not just building a business. And so that's a little taste of how I came to be to where I am now. I love that. And it's, it's so nice to hear when people go on that journey where they become empowered to take their future into their own hands. And when you do that, it's, I, I have looked and watched and seen some of the stuff you've done and the amount of lives that you've impacted. So not only was that passing you by impacting your life, but look how many other people that were impacted by that one thing, that one occurrence. It's such a powerful story. Yeah. So I have a question. So we talk about branding and marketing. Can you tell the listeners the difference between the two? Because sometimes I think they get meshed together. They do. And and honestly, marketing is one of those, uh, it's kind of like, I'm from Hawaii originally, and so we call it like a big old luau stew. You know, marketing has a lot of different components, you know, uh, social media, traditional media, PR, email marketing, being on a live right now. I mean, it all, these are all marketing things, uh, strategies and tactics. How I define marketing is simply letting people know how you can help them and then choosing the machines or the mechanics to get that message to them as quickly as possible. How marketing fits into how you build a brand. Marketing is a component of building a brand. A brand is a feeling. It's a, an experience. It's an essence. It's what a company stands for. And that in the way that they deliver their services to the people, that that, that feeling is met with actual things that are kept um, in integrity and, and holding up their word. And so building a brand is really um, what I call the ecosystem of business. So branding is your marketing, your sales, your customer service, the way that you are financially managing your team, all of those components build the brand. And also marketing is uh, the logo and the website and the ways that you promote your services, but the brand is how you make people feel and why they refer and send people your way. And so it's really important for, even if you're a solopreneur or you have a small team or a bigger team, the, the rules of building a brand actually apply. It's just that the scale depends on the size of the company. And so that's what uh, makes us different in our company at Master Brand Institute, which is the company um, that I'm the CEO of. We serve small entrepreneurs as well as companies because the structure and the methodology is the same, but it's the scale that is the difference. And so, uh, because whether I'm a solopreneur or I'm the CEO of Disney, 
I still have a job to make people feel a certain way to keep coming back to my brand. And branding is what makes people come back. Marketing is what helps people get to see you, but branding is what makes people come back time and time again. I know you have a question, but I just want to point out, I think that very few people actually have given any thought actually to Mm -hmm. how do I want to make my prospects, clients feel. It's all about, I mean, I think that when we say brand, it's generally about me. How do I want to come off? How do I want to appear? How do I, how do I want people to think about me? And I think that that's such a great point. I want to encourage everybody who's watching or listening. I mean, that's sort of a stop point for a lot of people. Like if you've never even given any thought to this, oh my gosh, you might want to dig into the rest of the podcast. Well, and I love that because we know that people you know, have a tendency to buy from you or engage with you because they know, like, and trust you. That, yeah. that is a feeling that they have to get, you know? And, and I agree with that. Not enough people think about that. So what, what tips do you have for individuals, like especially solopreneurs, because I know there's a lot of them listening right now, to just begin to start thinking about that process or maybe auditing or analyzing what their brand is doing now and how they can shift it? Yeah. Well, I like to say that, you know, entrepreneurs, what's so fabulous about what we do is that we really are solving the biggest problems in the world. And every single big brand that you see today, I call them master brands. That's why my company is called Master Brand Institute. They started in a garage, across a kitchen table, or in a diner somewhere, right? And they decided that they wanted to scale their brand to that level, you know, the greats, whether it's Walt Disney or Steve Jobs. And if you're a solopreneur, you may not even want to build that kind of company. Uh, you may want to impact, let's say, a thousand lives or more. And and the question is always, how do you do that? And we focus so much on marketing, which marketing, again, is the vehicle. Marketing is the way that you get seen and heard. And it's important for visibility because it delivers that messaging and creates that trust. But marketing is a brand experience, really. You're creating a brand experience. And so we have a framework. We call it the master brand method. And there are five components to that framework. And I teach service entrepreneurs this framework to help assess and audit, as in your words, Lacey, where do I stand in terms of my impact? Because master brands make impact. And that turns into the obvious side benefits, which are income and growth and that type of thing. So the five parts of the master brand method are, it starts with the brand archetypes. And I didn't invent archetypes. Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, the social psychologist created the term to talk about the essence of how human beings live almost in metaphor. In fact, the best marketers use metaphor and they use myth to create what we call the hero's journey, right? And they tell better stories. And so each founder, even if you're a founder of your one person in one in your company, you have a vision and values that your company stands for. And so knowing your archetype, we call it your archetype influence mix as the founder and really owning that in your messaging and marketing creates um, a persona for your audience to start to get to know and then start to believe, frankly, um, if you're consistent in using what we call your archetype influence mix. So it's called the aim. So that's the first component, really dialing in what is the psychology of the founder and what do they care about? 
And how does that, in, how is that infused in the vision of the company to grow it to whatever the goals are? You think about the greatest visionaries of, of our time that we look at that have built master brands. They, it started with their vision and it still carries on today. In fact, when they're, when the company is moving away from their vision, people start noticing, like, I'll give you an example, Apple, right? Steve Jobs is no longer here. And the archetype should live inside of the company, even after the founder is gone, right? And in this case, Apple has moved from a product innovation company to a product management company because their new CEO is more of a sage archetype, I like to say. He likes to monetize components of the brand. And Steve Jobs would be rolling around in his grave really angry if he knew that's the way that it was being sold right now. But they are so big, it's almost they can't fail now, right? If you're a solopreneur, same thing. Some of us worry about, oh, like we're building something now. Is this going to last? And the thing is, it starts with the founder. So that's the archetype piece of it. Mm. Um, you, you keep I'll, going. Yeah, keep okay, going. great. So <laughs> step two great. is the audience. So I like to say that the archetype and the audience are the two sides of the coin that pays you. Okay. So obviously there's the persona of the founder and the infusion of what their vision is and how they want to create it. And then the other side is that what does the audience care about that they're trying to reach? And a lot of times we're either trying so hard to make the audience like us, or we want to be ourselves. We want to be our most authentic self. And so we're just focused on us. And it's really that synergy between the archetype of the founder and the audience archetype to come together and figure out what is that what is that intersection? And so we have this entire assessment that we go through of seeing who do you think your audience is? Do you really know? What are the insights of that particular audience member? Because a lot of people don't go to the second step, which is they make up who they want to reach, which is great because everybody has to make it up to begin with. We all got to make something up to start our companies. But once we know more insight, then we can apply the messaging that we have as a founder and line up the values with the audience. The third step is um, the third step is the aesthetics. So this is where a lot of people think branding is logo, market, uh, you know, website design, et cetera. It is, these are uh, visual depictions of your brand, but they're not what the brand is. Um, in fact, I always tell people when they get hung up on logos and stuff, I'm like, you know, Starbucks has changed their logo 17 times. Apple's first logo was new, literally Sir Isaac Newton under a tree and it's a ridiculous looking logo. And so, Getting hung up on visuals instead of testing your archetype messaging and your audience desires is going to say you're going to lose a lot of money because people will spend be agonize over aesthetics, right? And I get it because being a branding person, excellence matters to me, but the right way to do it is really archetype first, audience second, aesthetics come from that. Then the fourth step is activation, choosing the marketing tactics that will deliver your brand experience and messaging. So for some of us, especially with the advent of social media, I, again, I'm an old school, traditional marketer. I came from that world and I had to adapt 14 years ago and get smart online and digitally. And I can tell you that that's what messes people up. Oh, there's this new thing, TikTok, Snapchat. Should I be on Twitter? Should I be on YouTube? What should I do? And I always tell people, you have to choose the medium, the mechanism, AKA the activation point that will make your archetype feel authentic to the audience that you're delivering and match up with the aesthetics that you wanna grow. And then finally, there's the amplification. And amplification is honestly, people think of that as usually like PR, right? And getting more people to know you, that's part of it. But the bigger part is the leadership required to move from 
what you grow for the first four stages and then amplify it to scale to the next level. And so the amplification strategies really comes from a leadership attitude from the founder of, okay, now I know stuff. Now I'm delivering value. Now people are recognizing my value. What's next? And so amplifying is choosing the right next steps to then bring the brand to from 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0. So that's the circle of master brand method is how we like to describe it. Well, clearly we're going to have to have you back because we would have to pick apart each of these five elements Absolutely. in more depth. I want to go back to the archetype for a second because with the people that we work with, the predominant thought, whether they want to admit it or not, I'm going to speak for them because I watch them. I consult with them. I, I see what they do is they, of course they have the founder and, and typically because it's, they're a solopreneur, it's themselves, but then they have a message that they wish or they desire for the entire world to embrace, right? So like everybody needs to have clean skin, for example. And so I just run out and I, I start jamming clean skin down people's throats, regardless of whether or not that is something they even want to hear or desire. But you talked about the reverse. You said that we need to tune in to what they want to hear, how they want to hear it. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is I have an assessment that I'm going to give you and the Black Diamond Club community that will actually, it's a real diagnostic. You'll appreciate this since you're both doctors of chiropractic. It's not some uh, floofy clickbait uh, quiz. Not that, you know, I'm going to have anything against those things, but it's a real diagnostic certified by the University of Monterey that we created, that I created 14 years ago and have been using in my practice. Uh, which uh, lets you see first what really motivates the founder first, because we really need to know that and the values that they stand for. And based on that dominant expression, then we look at the audience and the, you want to study the people that actually engage and buy from you. A lot of times the mistake we make is solopreneurs because we want to be we want to be liked. All of us do. All of us want to be liked. We want to be recognized. We want to be respected. That's normal. But we need to go look at the people actually giving us money and engaging on our posts or our content. And one of the things I tell solopreneurs to do first is take your archetype assessment and then interview 10, five to 10 of the people that you know are big fans of yours and fans meaning they would give you money, not just they're telling you you're great. Okay. And see how that links up with your archetype results. I'll give you an example because I'm going to give you the link to it in a moment. But my company, I'm the founder of my company, and my archetype mix is ruler, explorer, lover. Okay. There are 12 archetypes. There are over 3,000 results. So you can, you know, be a mix of the, you know, of these 12 types. And my dominant expression is ruler. And the ruler type is about, it's like the CEO, it's the expert uh, brands. Now, that doesn't mean any of the archetypes aren't experts. It means that that's how I really have to come off, frankly. And that's how people start trusting me. When I start questioning things or saying, I think it's like this, or people start going, that doesn't sound like Jen. That doesn't sound like what her company stands for. Even the name of my company, Master Brand, is a very ruler name. I actually chose it when I founded this company based on my dominant archetype. So I take that and then I start testing that messaging with this audience that has given me money already or is willing to give me money. And when I say money, some type of currency, time and energy are currencies too. So in the beginning stages of the business to go, okay, does this messaging land for you? 
um, if I only talked about healing, for example, in the case that you gave was like clear skin. Okay, let's use that as an example. If I was a ruler dominant archetype selling clean skin products, I would talk about how my products are not just the best, but why they're the best. Everybody talks about the best, but if you were a healer dominant archetype, which the founder could be, they would talk about the transformative ways that the, the skin changes. They wouldn't talk as much, they wouldn't be talking as much about how it's the best. They would showcase that through the healing properties of the product or the service, and they would focus on that messaging. And you test that messaging over you know, a period of time through your activation points, your marketing launches, the things that you do to promote your, your, your business. Um, but that's kind of how you use it. I know it sounds pretty complex. I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible, but it's a matter of getting really comfortable communicating in your dominant voice, which is your top archetype. Uh, and then letting the other two players in the archetype be your, um, I call them the salt and pepper to the main dish, or they're in like, are you familiar? I'm sure you are. Bon Jovi, like same generation, right? I always tell people like, there's Bon Jovi. He's the dominant archetype, John Bon Jovi. And then there's Richie Sambora. And then there's like the third guy that nobody knows who he is. Like they don't know, but they wouldn't be Bon Jovi. It wouldn't have that sound without this third guy, right? And so I like to think of your dominant archetype, allowing you to communicate with that sound that resonates with the audience that's listening to your music. That is so fascinating. We um, teach a lot in Black Diamond Club for people to actually go out and have focus groups and do exactly that. Ask their yes. audience, what do you like? So I actually have some deeper questions that I'm going to ask you about that when we go into Black Diamond Club privately. But before we do, I wanted to ask you about Femfluence. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a big passion of yours. And so I wanted you to just tell me and tell the audience a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a podcast too. It's called Femfluence Radio. Mm -hmm. It started out really to leave behind, frankly, we talked about legacy, leave behind my, my own words for my two older daughters. I have a 23-year-old and a 19-year-old, both in college, and I wanted them to learn, even though they're my kids, as they grew into adulthood, to make their own decisions. Um, and so I have this whole way of making decisions, and I think decisions are the number one thing that you need to focus on, even as a founder, too. It's like make those decisions, a yes or a no. And so I created this podcast for not just my two daughters, but women in general who are faced with, uh, you know, wanting to be ambitious and have a life at the same time to, you know, and so Femfluence stands for influence and affluence, you know, being unapologetic about wanting both. And, and just from the words of my own lived experience and also the, the guests that we're bringing in in season two um, to, you know, talk through like, how women can be ambitious and still love their families and have everything that they want um, in a way that's again unapologetic. I love, I love that. And you also I just want to have you on, Lacey. So when we do the round two, oh, I'd love to talk all about it. <laughs> well, you also have a conference coming up. Yep. Yeah, Con yeah. ConCon, tell yeah, us about so, yeah. I gotta tell you, oh. I gotta tell you, wait, wait a minute, Jen, okay, I, gotta, I just have to tell you, on, on this side of the camera, this is a little bit of an inside joke, because we have um, one of our, the founder of Cairo Sushi, Tristan Schaub, um, it's a company that we acquired, but he still is with the, with the company. He always, he's a little bit different, he's, he, he is a marketing genius, and he loves like edgy stuff. And he, for years, has wanted us to put on an event called ConCon. Yeah. Now, it's not... <laughs> oh, not, because of Cairo 
Oh, really? Amazing. Oh, hang on. What he wants is for all of the speakers to be con artists. Yes. Like the guy from Fire Festival, <laughs> like everybody who <laughs> people, and they would all come up. So not your con con. It's a totally different con. And the, whole, the whole premise is that the audience wouldn't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to say that I think that's genius, first of all. And I think so many people would come. So I just want to say I'm in support. We were cracking up and said, Tristan, somebody beat you to it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about about the The real real ConCon. Yeah, thanks. Well, so it really stands for Confidently Online Conference. And so one of the things, this is perfect talking about the COVID transition you know this is 2020 at the time of this conversation and we're going through the pandemic and one of the things that my company started hearing from our from our own clients was oh gosh I'm, I'm nervous to go online because a lot we have also served a lot of businesses that are offline you know practices who have especially spas and beauty especially and so you know, we've been encouraging them for the longest time. You need to have a both sides strategy. You have to have an offline strategy and an online strategy if you want to win into this next world. And so anyway, uh, when the pandemic hit, it was our, they asked us and I said, you know, I think what you need is the confidence to go online. Everybody's like, yes. And if that's back to asking your clients what they want. And we hadn't planned on launching another brand. We were fine selling our master brand program and and they all wanted more confidence because they were confident in what they know, but they weren't confident in marketing it. And I think that's the main thing. People get nervous because you've got to put on a whole different identity marketing your brand. And so we created the Confidently Online Conference, a.k.a. the ConCon, uh, for people to come and learn how to be a more confident marketer of their brand. And so it's happening November 6th through the 9th here virtually. So anybody in the world can attend and you can find out more at confidently.online. So that's that's coming up next month. Let's give all of the um, access points or entry points into your world. Confidentlyonline.com is one for the conference. Um, How else can people access you? Yeah, well, I want to give your audience that gift that I mentioned, the Archetype Influence Mix. Every single day, if you come through my funnel, people pay $250 for it. Um, But I want to give it to your audience because then you'll really know it comes with all the reports and the training of how to use your dominant intrinsic and intuitive archetypes to message your brand more confidently. And so you can go to masterbrand.me forward slash diamond masterbrand.me forward slash diamond and the most favorite place that i like to hang out is instagram really um so if you're on instagram please follow me at jennifer.chem and uh, we can chat through and you can even share your archetype results with me i'm happy to to chat through it and real quick before we bounce over to to the black diamond club members area when you say people need the confidence to to present themselves online one of the things that is very clear in your work is that you're not talking about, because you mentioned that's sometimes people's fear, right? Like I want to present another side of myself online, but that's not what you're saying, or maybe it is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we should be presenting our own selves, right? So the confidence to be ourselves online, not the confidence to make up some character that I'm going to put on Instagram. 
One million percent. That's where actually I was going even with we think we have to put on this other identity to show up online versus who we are, not just in real life, but in our practices, if we have a brick and mortar or, or physical way to meet with people. And the truth is, the more you show up as you, the stronger your brand will become. And I have this saying that where we've moved in the world, which is so interesting, is you want to empathize your vulnerability and not sympathize with your fragility. And if you can learn the difference between vulnerability and fragility online, that's where you're going to get confident. And confidence isn't, the definition of confidence to me isn't, it doesn't have to be bold or the loudest in the room. It's just the most assured of themselves. You know, confidence is not a loud power. It's not a quiet power. It's just your personal power. You know, that's what it comes down to. And Brands that show off their personal power, which your archetype tells you what your real personal power are, powers are, because it's just a diagnostic. I'm not giving you the answers. You are putting your answers in the diagnostic and it spits out the results. And it'll reflect back to you um, how you can show up more powerfully. And that's how confidence will come off. Man, her name is Jennifer Kim, branding expert. She might have a affinity for RGB. She might know how to get you on media and leverage media to promote your brand. She might also love gifts and might give gifts if you register for her stuff. She just gave us a great link, um, masterbrand.me slash forward slash diamond. want everybody to check that out. Listen, we're going to jump over into the Black Diamond Club and we're going to go deep on those things. Let's find out what this deal is with RGB, the gifts, the pineapples. We're going to find out what she thinks that we need to be doing in post-COVID and during COVID, coming out of COVID. Go to www.blackdiamondclub.com. That's where you find all of the exclusive content, the second half of all of our None of Your Business interviews where our podcasts go crazy. They say the craziest stuff, but it's so beneficial. It's helping tons of people. Our members are making tons of money just by following their advice. We want to have you check that out. We promise you. Join Black Diamond Club. We will make you feel right at home. Well, that's all we have this week on the None of Your Business podcast. We'll be back again next week with a brand new edition. We'll catch you then.